welcome to the Tutors of Life podcast. This is your host, Sean Tudor. And this is Sam. This is episode 11, and we are going to discuss a little bit about investing, um, more how to keep and grow wealth. Um, and less about like daily budgeting and stuff, but more about long-term wealth building. Mm. So it's another podcast where Sean's just going to probably talk the whole time. Oh, Sam will talk too, I bet. We'll try. All right. Uh, Sam. Oh, should we tell them what's going on soon? Yep. We're going to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. We, uh leave for Hawaii next Tuesday and we're going to be there for a week mm-hmm. so it's going to be a lot of fun I'm excited what are we doing in Hawaii Sam we're going well you're going cliff jumping I'm not doing that shit uh-huh. um surfing yep going to a luau yep gonna go climb some mountains yep lay on the beach yep I plan to read a lot so I feel like, honestly, a quarter of my bag is going to be books. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I guess we're visiting your cousin. Yep. I guess he's kind of important. He's the reason we're going. Yep. Yep. And then we're going to go to Pearl Harbor. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then we're going to cruise around, what's the place called? Oahu? Yeah. The island of Oahu. Mm-hmm. What's that one beach, though? Like, the main beach? Waikiki or something? Yeah, Waikiki. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're really excited. We'll probably talk about it after the fact. Yeah. We did actually do some planning ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My cousin PJ's been a wonderful event planner. He booked us our hotels, booked us a luau, got us surf lessons. Um, so he's been a stud. He has been. Mm-hmm. But we, we started that, at like, a month early-ish? Yeah. Yeah, we were... Yeah, we started doing that with him about four or five weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We've had to um, do a lot of research about COVID, too. Yeah. What'd you learn about COVID, Sam? Um, there's a very specific test we need to have before we leave. Mm-hmm. We have to take it 72 hours before our last leg leaves. Um, we have to set up an account with the state of Hawaii and upload our results to there so we can get a fun little scanny code that they scan when we land to make sure we're not negative or positive. Yeah. I didn't set up my account yet. We'll do that tonight or tomorrow. Whatever. But yeah, so that's been fun. It's, ugh, it's been a headache really, but we're getting there. Yeah. It'd be alright. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. yeah, that's a fun thing that we get to go do. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll do a relaxing podcast afterwards. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Okay, what are you starting with? We'll talk about not panic selling. Wait, no, we'll talk about that in a minute. Let's start with talking about not investing in stuff you don't know. Oh, yeah. So, big thing, whether you're investing in the stock market, into ETFs, 
into rental properties, into bonds, oh, businesses. Real estate? Wait, did you say that? Yeah, real estate. Um, classic cars, baseball cards, Pokemon. Um, whatever you're investing in, know it. Or know the field of it sort of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, or do lots of research. Right. Well, so then you could know it. Right. So, yeah, don't go... Don't go buy a company because it makes profit if you know nothing about the company. You know? So, don't go buy an auto body shop if you know nothing about cars and auto body. Right. I mean, you could know how to run a business... But if you don't know anything about that business, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure. Well, I mean, like, what if you buy the business and, like, if it's a fully functioning business that you can just buy and don't have to do anything with? Mm-hmm. Could you do it then or not really? Yeah, you can. Um, I mean, it can be an investment that way. I feel like that's going to be a lot more money, though, to have, like, a well-established business to buy. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's possible. The big thing would be, like, if you do something like that, the person running the show needs to really understand the business. And if they leave the company, you need to have an idea really fast on how to replace them. Right. Because, I mean... I, I see, like, the issue, a lot of times, like, a person can be a business. So if you buy a business that, like, solely depends on a couple of people, then how is that business going to keep functioning if you don't, like, have that certain specific skill anymore? Right. Well, so it's the skill. It's knowing what you have to do to get the right sales, marketing, and stuff. Um, and then making sure you got a good team, what to look for in that. Um, and so there's just, there's a lot of aspects to it that if you're unfamiliar with it, be careful investing in it when it comes to a business. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would think that one of the best things you could do is get somebody in that field to be a partner with you. Or a mentor to you. Okay, yeah. So then you will know the field. Or you'll have somebody that knows the field who has equity and a stake in the company who doesn't want it to fail. Okay. Um, where, so that's, I mean, that's investing in like side companies and stuff. Right. So you're not going to want to, I mean, if it's your main business you decide to run, you're going to clearly learn about it learn more and be a part like that's going to be a big focus of yours um but if it's like a side business and you're looking at it just because it has profits you're going to want to do your due diligence to make sure that you understand what you're selling so then you can have a good solid investment Mm -hmm. that makes sense Um, so what you're telling me also is 
we shouldn't have invested into stocks like we did originally. I feel like we did good our first year out of pure luck. Uh, like the COVID investing? No, before COVID. Like our very first year of investing in stocks. <coughs> oh, yeah. We, we didn't did. know shit. Uh-huh. But we kept getting just super lucky with invest. At least I did. I would invest in random ass stocks. And I would make like 30% on them and then I'd sell them. Yep. It was great. Yep. That, yeah, that'll go into something else. But, like, investing like that is not long-term investing, wealth building. That's more making extra money. Okay, so, like, one, like, short-term? Yeah. Okay. Short-term, short-term investing because you're buying and selling individual stocks mm-hmm. that's not necessarily a good long-term plan because i mean say all right so let's do tesla for example tesla has gone up outrageous percentages this year mm-hmm. crazy crazy percentage it had the uh, stock split i think it's split into four I don't know yet. Yeah, well, yeah, I think I believe it uh, split four times. Um, and so, crazy, crazy growth. So, say you decide you're going to invest 10% of your portfolio into Tesla. Okay, cool. You're investing in that, and in five years, something happens and Tesla goes bankrupt and isn't a company anymore. Mm-hmm. There goes 10% of your investing wealth. Well... You're putting 10% in, you're getting massive returns. So because you own Tesla, your wealth, your portfolio is significantly increased. It's gone up by like 5,000%. Mm-hmm. If if that business fails, then you have nothing. Okay, yeah. Where if you have like... Um, like index funds and stuff where it's a conglomerate of businesses. I think ETFs are also like that. Um, where you have a conglomerate of like-minded business, then you're not screwed if one of them goes out of business, right? So if you have like auto industry and Ford goes out of business, which I don't think is even possible, but... Ford goes out of business, it's not a big deal because you still got Chevrolet, you got Ram, you got Tesla, Nissan, you know, you have everything still. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it might take a little hit, but nothing if you had all that money just in Ford. Okay, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yep. So when you do, like, the trading we do, we do, like midterm trading maybe we do we we do holds up to nine months mm-hmm. um so but i no- think right now it's actually some of them i think we've been holding for a year so okay so we're at about a year yeah um but that's i mean that's pretty like short term mm-hmm. and long term i don't think i would want to hold individual stocks anyways 
I would just want to do it for um, short-term gains. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what else about don't invest in stuff you don't know? Just don't do it? No, I wouldn't say don't necessarily do it if it's something you want to do make just learn about it okay and probably don't put in all your money in it don't no 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 no. <laughs> so with investing in what you under so only invest in what you understand or have i mean the only way i would invest in something i don't understand is if i have a partner who i trust significantly and they understand okay Otherwise, you have to then become a subject matter expert. Mm -hmm. That way you know if your company's running good. Because if you can't have full 100% trust, you are, when, when you're talking about somebody running a business for you, you have to have trust in them, full trust that they are going to take your money seriously and not lose it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen... I've seen businesses, they put the manager in charge, that manager proceeds to lose the owner hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they were supposed to be friends. Mm -hmm. Like, I couldn't imagine a friend who I trusted to, well, clearly there should have been a level of like checking that before you get in that situation right testing that individual um because i wouldn't do that to my friend right like if my friend was hey run this company for me that i have invested 250 grand into or whatever it is and then i go okay well your company's losing money now so sorry like you have to have full trust in someone that they're going to do you right. Mm. Um, but with that, there's always a potential, no matter how much you trust someone or no matter how good of choice you do, there's a chance it can fail. Right. So you only want to invest what you're willing to lose. Okay. That makes sense. Yep. So say you... You know, whatever your income is, say you're willing to lose 50% of your income, invest 50% of your income. Mm -hmm. Probably not invest all that in one area. Right. Diversify it a little bit. Because I guess like in our stocks, like we diversify them. We don't put all of our money in one stock. No, no. We've probably got what, a dozen stocks or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've kind of dwindled mine down lately. Okay. But I mean, and they're over a couple different like... Uh, things to like a couple different sectors true yeah because we have cryptocurrencies and regular ones yeah and then i have my simple ira which that i don't do anything with but mm -hmm. still some kind of investing yeah well but i'm saying even in our like um our stocks that we're trading we don't have just all one type of stock oh yeah because we, we have a, i mean we have a lot of travel stocks but like we also have I think I have a pharmaceutical one and uh, technology. Yeah. I've got a slew of them. Yeah. Um, 
I had a 3D printing company one. I should have kept that one. That one went skyrocketing. Oh, really? Yeah. Anyways. Um, um, well, so, yeah. Picking off of that, you want to look at the relationship between the risk you're willing to take and the reward you are expecting. So, let's break it down like this. What's the worst case Ontario of investing in something? Right? So if you're on the fence of putting, say you have $10,000 to invest, Mm -hmm. and you're on the fence of investing that into something, hopefully you know what you're investing. You should know what you're investing that into. But say you're on the fence. What's the worst case that you invest that? You lose all of your money that you invested? That's absolute worst case, yep. How is that going to affect your life? I mean, like right now, like I've already set aside all that money. I don't count that towards anything. So if I lost everything that I had in stocks right now, it wouldn't affect me. Okay. So what's the upside to it? I make more money. Okay. So how much more could you make, you think? I mean... I don't know, up to a, I don't know. I mean, if you take that $10,000 over the next 40 years, what could it do? 40 years? Oh, probably a ton. Because I think, like, right now, I'm averaging, like, 30% in Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. So if you average that every single year, that'd be substantial. Oh, right. But, I mean, there's a chance you could lose it. But it's already money, like... You accounted for. I accounted for, so... I mean, the, the only thing that's affecting me, then, is my future. So, mm-hmm. that's why I kind of did the simple IRA, was worst, worst case Ontario happens, I'm still going to have that simple IRA for when I retire. Mm-hmm. Which is not going to be, I mean, as much as if I get 30% in Robinhood every single year. Right. But... Yeah, and so that's where... And you can touch that money in Robinhood for other investments mm-hmm. from now until you're 59 and a half, where you can't touch that money for until you're 59 and a half, mm. the, the simple IRA. Um, so that's one thing, like, whatever you're going to invest in, if you wanted to start your own little business or whatever it is, look at and really break down, like, what's the worst case thing and the best case thing that could happen because most likely the worst case is not going to happen mm-hmm. i mean like we can even take like look at this podcast like what was the worst case that would happen if we started this podcast i uh, spend a couple hours a week doing it yep what's the best case uh it reaches a bunch of people, helps a bunch of people. We get to do it a lot more, and we're able to help a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I... Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, like, this is us investing our time into our future. Correct. That's kind of what I'm trying to relate this to. Sorry. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um... Going with the uh, investing in like a business, most 
wealthy people made their wealth by being singly focused and then diversifying. Mm -hmm. So they really focused and became a subject matter expert in that field. So for me is the group homes. Right. So I should be a subject matter expert at assisted living. Mm -hmm. And once I build my wealth through that, at that point, it would be time to diversify. What's nice about that, when you grow, you knew the whole time you were coming up, you knew what you were investing in. You understood the product. You're investing in yourself for your future. And you're investing in your business. And so that's growing, 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 growing. You build a bunch of wealth. Now you diversify. In this stage, when you start to diversify, is when you need your partners, your mentors, people you can trust, because then you can buy those businesses, partner in those businesses, things like that, and they can run on their own, and it's diversified passive income for you. Mm -hmm. So here's one option. You singly choose your business. Say it's Tutors of Life for us. Okay. We focus on this. We research, and we keep putting out content for the next 20 years, right? Yep. This business is doing really well, built us wealth. Now we're 20 years in. We're going to diversify this wealth. What we're going to do, we're going to look for another Sam and Sean. And we're going to go, hey guys, we're going to give you some money to get this thing up and running off the ground. And we're going to be 30% partners. Mm. Boom. These, these people we partner with now, we have 30% interest into the company. They have 70. It is in their best interest to make the company succeed. Mm -hmm. They are a subject matter expert or they know what the business is that they're in because they've been doing it and we're just helping them along or however it may be. By doing that, you have somebody who understands the field, understands what you're investing in and they have stock in the company with you so they're hopefully the goal would be they're going to try growing it as big as they can which is going to benefit both parties involved mm -hmm. cool interesting okay yeah i had a thought to piggyback off that and then i forgot it so awesome. hmm. all right so that's kind of what you're struggling with like right now is like you've always talked about you wanting to d d diversify what you're investing in and in control mm -hmm. but then you've kind of stretched yourself too thin mm -hmm. too quickly mm -hmm. well and the problem is i don't have enough funds for both right so or well i wanted to have my hands in a couple different businesses that way 
my, my whole thought was if I'm growing multiple businesses at once starting in my mid-20s that by the time I'm 40 I'm going to have you know multiple big companies or you know multiple good successful companies the problem with that is to make a good company you need to be able to dedicate a lot of time energy thought and money to mm-hmm. and if i'm splitting up my time money and focus on three four five different companies that's the percentage they're going to grow at right so if i got four companies they're all going to grow at 25 percent. if i have one company it's going to grow at 100 mm-hmm. percent um and so right now what i'm really yeah, what I've really been struggling with and trying to do is go down to stable living as the main and get rid of, like, everything else. Um, but one thing Ryan and I are talking about, because uh, stable living is... we We don't need to work in stable living 40 50 hours a week right we don't need to put because there's two of us we don't need to put that much focus in we have managers in place and everything so with that to keep growing that company well we really just need more time and funds right and so we can put in two days of work each on stable living and that's all it more all all the more it needs right now in its stage because we just need more time in the field and we need more funds to keep growing. Mm-hmm. So what we are talking about is him and I are we really like real estate. I like my construction stuff. He likes finding deals and investing in real estate. So what him and I are talking about is we can get rid of all these little side projects, all these little side hustles, whatever, and we can just have two things, stable living as our main, and then piggying off of it, we can do uh, real estate investing, wholesaling, and flipping to get us extra money to invest more in our companies. Living stable. Living stable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, that that's a way, I mean, there's two of us that will be in both of them. And that's a way we can diversify at this age and still be able to give essentially 100% to our companies. Right, yeah. Um, no, it, I, I think it's a good idea, and I'm happy you're doing it. Yeah, I think it will um, work for the better because um, then we'll have you know, two main focuses growing. And one big thing with growing stable living is we need more real estate. We need more uh, housing for group homes. We need more apartments for supported living. Um, And so by kind of partnering stable living with real estate stuff, um, we should be able to really piggyback off each other. Uh, so both of them can grow yeah and it's been kind of weird anyways because you two have been like helping each other out 
buying your own separate real estate. Yeah. So it just kind of makes sense for you to do it together. Yeah, it does. Then we can just, uh, it does. It makes a lot of sense for us to do it together. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that'll be really interesting, but it, it will allow us to really focus on growing these like two things instead of him doing, instead of we both having stable living, him trying to do one or two things on his own, me trying to do one or two things on my own, which then there would be three to five different things, three to five different businesses. This way it'll just be two. Right. Um, so we'll be able to really give a lot of attention towards it. And it, I mean, yeah, they both need a lot of attention. So I think that'll be good. Yeah. Yep. So that's just, um, him and I, that's him and I trying to, um, invest in stuff we know. And then him and I trying to, him and I trying to be really focused when we're young and building these companies. And then once we get, um, build our wealth in these two, then we can diversify into other things. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. Yeah. What's your third one? All right. Well, that was only one, Sam. Wait, what? That was one topic. Okay. What's the next one, Sean? Um, the next one is going to be not to panic sell. Um, you don't want to time the market. Okay. So right now what we're doing in stocks is you and I are day trading, week trading, whatever we're doing. We're just, we're putting extra money there. So you're still investing in your simple IRA. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm investing in my business and real estate. Mm-hmm. Now, this money we're putting here and growing, we're doing that to be able to invest in more real estate. Right. Or, you know, other passive income sources. Um, we talked about using it for uh, airbnb mm-hmm. um, trying out vacation rentals, stuff like that. So that money, we are not investing long term. Right. So we don't, we're not really panic selling that stuff. No. It's just, we get some gains and we sell. We get some, we, we're buying in the dips, selling when it gets high. Right. And we're just doing that with single stocks to make a little extra money, make 10% gain here, make 20% gain there. We are not in these long term. Right. Now, when you're investing in IRAs, you're investing in ETFs, you maybe you are investing in individual stocks, cryptocurrencies, whatever it is, do not try to time the market. There are this so, a lot of the smartest people in the world can't time the market. And the market can get messed up as simple as covid coming on the scene a group of redditors just banding together jesus yeah reddit forum elon musk tweeting doge it timing the market is not a sustainable method you may get lucky once or twice but it's not sustainable i mean you tried like for 
two whole days to do it like strategically yeah yeah i had uh, a good win streak i think i had like 80 percent success right but i think it must have been longer than two days because i thought for sure there was like one day where it was just no matter what you did you could not time it right yeah so there was so i i did it for like a week um and i just day traded stocks um I did the, um, holy shit, I don't even remember what I did anymore. Um, I'd have to look it up. But anyways, there it's analytical. Um, that's more analytical trading. That's not as much as timing. But yeah, essentially what I did, um, depending on where it was at in the chart would depend if I buy in. And so I would buy in at one point and then I would sell at the next point. And one day, it was great. I made money on every single thing I bought in and sold. Yeah. The next day, the the markets were just like in a slump. So I'd buy in where I'm supposed to. And, and I'd go to sell out. And I had like a 50% success rate that day. <coughs> Um, what really helped me on that day was one of the companies I did that with a news article came out that they were going to partner with another company and so it went up like 30 percent right yeah Um, so that one was just like that's why that day ended up being like my best winner was just out of pure luck that that article came out that right yeah Um, besides that like it really like so one day everything i made money on everything next day i lost money on 50 percent of the ones i put in um but luckily the win i had was big mm-hmm. um and then like the following day i had like three wins compared to one but my one drop was double a loss of my other three wins mm-hmm you know, and so um, timing the market is not smart. You can do it for day trading because when you talk about day trading, you're talking about another like income source that you're doing as a type of job. Mm-hmm. So you you do want to try timing it that way, especially using like analytical style day trading, but. When you're talking long term, you don't want to try timing the market. So say say you have your money invested in a IRA and one of your funds is technology and you see that Apple is coming out with their new iPhone. So you're like, oh yeah, I need to transfer all of my travel like my whole travel ETF, I'm transferring all that over to technology because Apple's releasing their new phone. Okay, that makes sense, right? Okay, we'll, we'll go with that. Boom, you transfer all that money over. The new iPhone comes out, it sucks ass, and the market kind of stays normal. Meanwhile, your travel stocks, Royal Caribbean just partnered with Carnival and they went up 50%. Well that timing of the market didn't really work out for you. Right. And so it's better 
to pick categories you understand, diversify within them, mm-hmm. and ride the waves. Right. If you go and you look at stocks, this is like tried and true. Whatever stocks are at now, five years ago, they were less than they are now. And if you go back 10 years, they're even less than they were five years ago. And if you go back 20 years, it's less than it was 10 years ago. And so forth, all the way back down for like 100 years. So if you're willing to ride the wave, it's just like housing prices. It's going to go up. Inflation. Inflation. It is going to go up. You just have to ride the wave. So you park that money. You shut off your mind and you let that shit ride out for the next 40 years. But you don't try and time it because then you're bought into all your tech stocks. You saw travel stocks just went up 50% because of the merger. So now you're like, oh, I'm going to wait for that to go back down before I buy back in. By the time you buy back in... They're up another 10%. You notice they're not going back down, but you just got to get back in. So you missed out on 60% growth. Right. So now you're back in there. If you were ballsy enough to even reinvest, you might not, and you might have just stayed in where you were at. Or you have it just sitting in your holding account, not invested in anything. Mm-hmm. And so it's a it's a dangerous game to try to to try to time the market. If you see, perfect example, COVID last year, when they released and the prices of everything fell, people were just panic selling and losing 30%, 50% of their portfolio. Not all companies, but a lot of companies are at all-time highs. Mm -hmm. The S&P 500 was at all-time highs this past year. The Dow Jones was at all-time highs this last year. So sure, that stuff might have went down 30%, 50%. So the people that panic sold lost 30 to 50% of their portfolio. Right. The people that were like, meh, this is life, and held on, they have more money. I I literally, I watched my Roth IRA IRA, drop down by like 30%. I was like, wow, that's lame. And then within the year, it's up like, I'm up like 30% on it. From then, from like last year. Right, that's pretty good. And so I still made a lot of money and I didn't take it out i'll just let it do its thing Mm -hmm. and so it's and i mean that has to play a role in what i was in i think i was in i think i was in technology or something i had like some technology something else and the one one of them didn't really drop much at all Mm mm-hmm and so I just switched that ETF over to a travel type ETF um, when it was uh, down. And so that 
carried me all the way back up. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I just took whatever was like not performing really at all. Didn't get too affected by COVID. And I threw it in recovery stocks. And probably in the next couple months, I'm going to put that back to the more safe one that didn't get affected by much. Right, yeah. Um, but that that's simple. Like, that's just making corrections within your fund to really utilize it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when I saw the market going down, I didn't panic. So I didn't try to time anything, you know. And so that's what I have to say about that. Along with investing for the long term. Okay. Invest consistently. So this is more investing in, well, this is really investing in anything. Consistently invest. When things are up like they are now, we're still buying real estate. Mm-hmm. The real estate market's at the highest it's ever been, and we're still buying real estate. We're making sure they're good deals still and that they cash flow, but we're still buying real estate. When the market makes a correction, we're going to buy even more real estate. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to ever stop buying just because of the market. Right. We consistently invest. We are still contributing. You're still contributing your simple IRA. Um, I, we're both still contributing and and doing into our uh, day trading mm-hmm. stuff. So we consistently invest every month. Correct. We never quit investing because of whatever. Right. And so by utilizing that, you're going to get highs. You're going to get lows. You're going to get middles. But you're going to be diversified because your money's going in every week to your simple IRA. This or last week was pretty down in the stock market. Mm-hmm. So you had money going in there last week. This week, we're starting to come up. Money's still going in. And so it's just diversifying it and you're always having money flowing in. Mm-hmm. And that's what's important. Right. Sean, what's your next topic? Number three. Are we at number three now? We just reached number three. Oh, yes. All right, so number three. This one is probably going to take some advising. This is understanding your tax code. I don't know anything about taxes. So we talked about investing what you understand. We talked about riding the wave, just cruising through the market, consistently investing, and not panic selling. Now we need to understand our tax code to do this. So this is what I mean by that. Ryan and I talked to our accountant, and we were just like, hey, we want to switch our filing status. Mm Mm-hmm. We switched our filing status, okay? Our company owned a property that Ryan and I wanted to buy outright. Mm-hmm. Because we did not check the tax code about that property, and because we didn't like make it known to our accountant that that's what we wanted to do, is, is 
get the property in our names instead of the business name, we just switch the filing. Then we found out after talking to our attorney about the taxes around putting that, that property into our names, because we switched the filing status of our company from a regular partnership to an S corporation, we became employees of the company and everything then has to be like employees and then draws, okay? Mm -hmm. When we were 50-50 partners, Ryan and I could have just put that property in our names as draws. We wouldn't have had to pay taxes on it. It would have just been ours. Mm -hmm. Now we have to pay taxes on that because it needs to be separated in draws. And so when we called our attorney... He goes, you guys realize if you would have called me before you told your accountant to switch your status, your, the way you file, I could have saved you $7,000 just by making a phone call. That's insane. In, ta in taxes, yeah. And so it's like, by us not knowing the tax code, us not asking our accountant about it, us not asking our attorney about it, it cost us $7,000. And that's a matter of, that phone call to tell us that, that whole process could have been 30 minutes. Right. You know, um, and so by not knowing our tax code, it costs us seven grand. Now, we'll keep going on from there. Income tax brackets. I don't know the exact number, but I know, you know, once you make over 60,000, your or so. Your tax bracket increases from like 30, depending on how many kids you have and all that shit, whatever. When you go from 30,000 to 40,000, not much of a tax difference. When you go from 40 to 60, there's a little difference, mm -hmm. okay? When you go from 60,000 to 100,000, there's a big difference in taxes. Okay. When you go from 100 to 150, you're getting, you're getting a pretty big gap. Now, when you go from like... 150 to 250 to 300 i think the a really big gap happens around like that 300 range mm -hmm. um and then a massive like big the final gap happens around like 450 or 500 or something and then you're at the maximum tax bracket mm -hmm. there is a level and knowing your tax code is going to help you with this especially investing in businesses knowing what you can write off um, say you're making $100,000 a year and you're not putting any money into any sort of health savings account, into a simple IRA at all, a 401k, anything like that, and you're just taking all your money. You're going to get taxed, I want to say around 35% income tax. Okay. Of that. Um... And so you're going to lose, so you're going to end up with $65,000 out of that $100,000. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's a way to offset that $100,000 by investing your, um, your pre tax money into a health savings account, IRA, 401k, whatever. That'll bring your income down. 
So by putting that money in there, it'll go, oh, your income since you contributed to these things is actually 90,000. And that, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but by knowing those, those income gaps and those tax laws, you could potentially bring your income down by 10,000 and put that into investing, okay? Mm -hmm. That could bring your tax bracket from 35% to 30%. Okay, so now you're getting taxed 30% of 90,000 now instead of 35% of 100,000. So in the grand scheme of things, your being able to invest that 10,000 for free. Mm -hmm. So you are getting 10,000 investments now for free or maybe a thousand or two thousand dollars okay yeah Com because you hit that extra tax bracket and now the government's just taking more money from you mm -hmm. so by knowing those income gaps and in consulting a tax professional you'll be able to invest money and and put money strategically in places to benefit you and not have uncle sam take so much of your money right that also goes into real estate and 1031 exchanges. The down and dirty of that real quick is a 1031 exchange. You sell a property and you have to pay uh, capital gains tax on that property. If you make over $40,000 on capital gains, the tax rate right now is 20%, I believe. So boom, you have to pay 20% of your gains. Now, that's 20% less money you're going to have to invest in the next deal. Mm -hmm. Okay? 1031 exchange. There are a lot of stipulations with it. There are rules, guidelines, things like that that you have to follow that can be tricky. But what that does is it defers that 20% tax and allows you to roll that into the next deal. And so now you have 20% more money to invest into your next deal. And you don't have to pay that tax until your final sale of however many properties you have. So say you want a 1031 exchange that from one property to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. You don't have to pay it until you sell your last one. Right. Or you don't ever sell it, keep getting that passive income, pass that on to your kids, and then your kids don't have to pay it either. As of right now. As of right now. That's right now. It's 2021, Mar or April 1st. So as of right now, you won't. I think the Biden administration is trying to get rid of that. They're trying to get rid of that. Yes, they've talked about it. They're trying to increase capital gains tax also. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, who knows if you're listening to this in the future, things could change. Um, but yeah, and so by knowing your tax laws, you can really capitalize on a lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and that goes into like depreciating vehicles and stuff, um, making donations, um, writing off certain vehicles, shit like that. Yeah. You know, um, making sure you're writing off stuff you can write off. So, I mean, if if I have to re, uh, make a repair 
um, on one of my houses, I get to use that with pre-tax money um, because it's a repair. That It's an expense that I have to do to keep the house operating. Um, and so that's a, that's a good tax benefit there. Mimi's sticking out her tongue. Oh, that's cute. Anyways. But yeah, so I, I mean, talk to, I mean, get a professional accountant and talk to them and see what they came up with for ways to save you money. Mm-hmm. Because they know a lot. Yeah, and if they don't know something, uh, they're probably going to be able to figure it out pretty quickly for you. Um, but yeah, the big thing is, I mean, you work for your money or you've done things to have your money work for you. You should do what you can to be able to utilize the most amount of that. Mm-hmm. You, you shouldn't be giving, because of neglect or laziness, you shouldn't be giving Uncle Sam extra money. He, he didn't work for that. You did. Right. So you get the most out of your money and, and make sure you're, you're up to date with your tax laws and you're really utilizing your income. Yeah. So those are the three things uh, I just want to talk about today. I mean, understand what you're investing in and have a have a sole for focus at first if you're a business owner um, and then diversify as you become wealthy. Don't try and time the market. Some of the best minds in the world try and time the market and they can't do it. So you ain't going to be able to. Um, ride the wave. Invest for the long term. And only invest what you're willing to lose. Yeah, don't don't make yourself go bankrupt. No, no, it's you only got one life. You know, invest what you're willing to lose. Live a happy, healthy life, but set yourself up for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, especially try and get to financial freedom if you can. Right. Um, and then. Understand your tax codes so you you get to utilize the full potential of your money. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then lastly, consistent, consistent, consistent about how you're investing. Invest consistently. Don't think you can take or don't take a year off here and there from investing. Consistently invest. Cool. Well, that's all I have. That's what I got. Uh, check us out on tutorsoflife.com. Check out our Instagram at tutorsoflife. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll catch you next time. Good night.